We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're listening to Setting the Pace, your go-to Pacers podcast with Alex Golden and Michael Fachi. Miller for three. Oh, he backed it in. He backed it in. And the game is tied. We're going to overtime. Warren lets it fly. Yes. T.J. Warren is not human. Ranger catches, shoots for three to win it. He hits it. To go. Brogdon for three. Let's Got go. it. O'Neal drives on Yao. Puts it in. Duarte for three. Boom, baby. Anthony attacks. Hibbert. Denies him at the rim. Karis LeVert. People don't realize how good he really is. LeVert. Skies high for the jam. Stevenson passes into Sabonis for the basket. Jackson turns, fires, and hits. Oh, wow. Turner bringing that smoke. Flips it to the big fella, fake shoots, and hits. Lance has has given us a different vibe as a team. Um, you know the spark that that he he has provided, the the personality, um, and of course everybody that's been here knows all about this. I'm not telling anybody anything they don't know. But 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 there's there's a change in our team, um, a change in the in the in the in the disposition, the, the body language, the enthusiasm, and so. Uh, you know, it's 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 been great to see, and you know, it, and I don't see it just being a thing that's only going to happen when he throws up career high numbers, when I mean, a career high thirty or a career high sixteen assists or fifteen or whatever it is. I mean, I just, uh, you know, it's just uh, there's a different feel, and it's um, it's certainly welcome. Pacer Nation, what's going on? Welcome back to another episode of Setting the Pace. And if you are a fan of the Colts, I apologize for that incredible crap show that you had to see on Sunday. But you got to see some fun stuff with Lance Stevenson and DeMontis Sabonis on Saturday night against the Utah Jazz. And here to talk with me about all that is the lovely, the one and only, Michael J. Fachi. Fachi, welcome back, brother. Hey, feels good, but man. It feels good to watch some enjoyable Pacer basketball again. We talked about how, you know, maybe about – Two weeks ago, Al, it was getting tough to even record. It was like, man, you want to talk about the future rather than the present. But the last two games, they've actually been a blast. 
lost. Yeah, I know. We, we lost a game against Brooklyn, which I think a lot of people are like, cool, we lost, but it was still a fun loss, right? And then, you know, I think Sabonis, did he have a 30-point triple-double in that game, if I'm mm-hmm. not mistaken? Yep. And and then he comes out against the Jazz. Of course, no Gobert, right? we got to mention that. It's only fair. No Rudy Gobert. But, man, Sabonis had 42 points on 18 of 22 shooting. Lance Stevenson had a career-high 14 assists, and Sabonis' 42 was a career-high as well. So that's a pretty impressive uh, stat line there from both of those players. Just the connection those two had. Lance Stevenson assisted on 10 of DeMontis Sabonis's 18 made field goals. Fachi, what were your thoughts on that performance? I mean, it was obvious they had a connection. I mean, yes, they played together in the past before. I mean, it, it was awesome to see, though. But the 14 assists, what goes under the radar, just one turnover for Lance. I mean, we know he could, you know, get a little, uh, get a little crazy out there at times. But 14 assists to one turnover, unbelievable. I mean, I believe he had four steals in the game. I mean, really just – he was so much fun to watch. I mean, obviously, here's what Lance does. Not only does he get the bench looking like they're having a blast. I mean, they're dancing. We talked about the other week how it didn't really look like this team enjoyed playing with each other. Now you're seeing emotion out of the team. You're seeing the team have fun. But then I'm also starting to get texts from people who typically do not care about the Pacers that are saying, like, yo, that Lance pass or – Oh my God, why'd you guys ever let Lance go in the first place? Like, it's like he draws in more of the NBA casuals. And if you're a diehard Pacer fan, then you're glued to the TV. You're, you're watching the Pacers saying, like, hey, even if we lose, I'm having fun. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of great comments that Rick Carlisle made after the game. I don't know if you got a chance to listen to any of the things that yeah. he said. But my favorite quote that he had, and I put it in my article for 8.9 seconds today, is he said, Kevin told me we need some personality and we need some energy. A lot of people are going to roll their eyes at this. And I told him, I'm not rolling my eyes. I just want to know as much as I can about this guy so I can let him loose and let him play his game. Fachi, Kevin Pritchard, you know, he knows what Lance means to this organization yep. and what he means to this fan base. Honestly, you know, seeing how bad things were, he thought, Hey, you know, this is a guy that I know can come in here and change things. He's done it before when we brought him back against the Toronto Raptors at home. I think his first game, of course, then was against Cleveland as well. Yep, it was. But the final six games of that season helped the Pacers get into the playoffs. They still, you know, have half their season left to play. I'm not saying that they're going to miraculously make the playoffs now, but I do think that it, you know, it brings a different element to this team that we haven't seen all season long, and we've talked about it. We need some crazy. We need some dogs. We need some guys to come in here and ruffle the feathers. And I think Lance is doing that, but he's doing it in a positive way and not like a, oh, you guys got to follow me type thing. It's more of just like, I'm going to feed off this crowd energy and I'm going to make this fun. And the whole team is just bouncing off of everything that's happening between the fan base and Lance Stevens. I mean, it, it's working. It, once again, I'm guilty of underestimating it because after his first couple of games, I thought, look, maybe we're expecting too much out of Lance, but you're talking about the last two games have been a pacer career high for him scoring 30 and then a career high in general with the 14 assists. And it's like, this man is not done. He was out of the league for two years. And, and, we, and we even thought that he belonged back in the league. Many people did, but it, it, it comes down to who was going to give him that chance. And he's talked about it when he, when he puts that pacer Jersey on, it means a lot to him. And that's what we're looking for. We're looking for the players that want to be here. And Lance loves being here. And it's evident. Yeah, it definitely is. And Fashi, I want to say this too, because 
look, we we've talked about it. This team desperately needs a point guard, right? They Big they time. need a guy to lead the charge, and I think Kiefer Sykes has done a great job, yes, filling in for that role. But I don't think he's clearly a starter material in the no. NBA for an, a playoff contender, right? I think he could be a good backup. Yeah, you know, we got some questions today on our mailbag about Kiefer Sykes, but I will say this: when it comes to Kiefer Sykes, he is a uh, a player that was playing off ball when Lance was playing point in that game. So I think he's a little bit short, but able to do some of the same, do some of those things where he's not just a one dimensional type of player. But this puts me thinking out here now, how does this impact the play of Malcolm Brogdon? Is he going to be okay if Carlisle puts the ball in Lance's hands towards the end of a game and Brogdon's playing off ball um, and really, how does that impact Karis LeVert? Because Karis LeVert is a guy that's not great off ball. So I, I really think the, the future of this team, it, it, I don't think Lance is going to change it too much in terms of his role in the team. But I do think there's going to be games when he's hot and, and Carlisle rides that hand where some of these starters are going to take a, take a backseat to Lance a little bit and just watch the Lance, the Lance show because when he's clicking like he has been the last couple of games, this team looks like a much better team. It, it really does. I mean, because you see Lance, like, pushing it. He's pushing the pace. He's putting the pressure on the defense. I mean, even that, like, near full court pass to O'Shea, we're not seeing that type of stuff. Like, we really aren't. I mean, just he he really just has – anytime he has the ball in his hands, it really feels like – we've talked about it. Anything can happen, and we're not getting that same feeling when Malcolm Brogdon has the ball in his hands. We're not. It, it's – it's no. not to be like a disrespectful to, to Malcolm or anything, but they play two totally different styles. And I enjoy when the Pacers are pushing it more. Yeah, and, and nothing makes me more excited than when Lance Stevenson gets the ball in a pick-and-roll situation. He's easily the best passer on the team right now. Yep. You can say what you want. I know Sabonis is a good passer, but Lance has that touch that a lot of guys don't have, that pocket pass these guys don't seem to throw very well. Lance has that down to a T. And one of the other things that I love about, about Lance is his ability to get downhill. Like, I don't know how many times he just kind of got into the chest of Hassan Whiteside mm-hmm. and was able to kind of lodge his or dislodge himself from him and push Whiteside back. And, and not only does that collapse the defense, but one, he can either get a clean look at a layup, he can be more effective in the pick and roll, or if the defense of the defense collapse, then he's able to kick out the shooters, which we saw all night. Yes, so we I, did. So I think it, you know it's one of those things where Lance Stevenson can do so many different things, but at the same time, you know we downplayed it a little bit. We thought you know it's ten day contract. Let's see what happens. We don't want to hype ourselves up too much for it. The fact that this man came into <laughs> Bankers Life Fieldhouse and went eight for nine in the in the first quarter against the Nets and dropped 20 points. I mean, at that moment, you knew this is special. This man needs to be a pacer, preferably for the rest of his career, but at least for the rest of the season. Hey, I gotta I gotta correct you on it. It's game bridge now. Oh, did know? I say Bankers I, Life? You did. It's gonna take some time <laughs> to shake that because it looked like the old days. Alex. Yeah, it did. It did. And I loved it. And there were so many fans that were on the way out. I mean, there was t- so many tweets the last couple of weeks being like, there's no reason to watch this team, or if you're watching this team, you're a diehard, or you couldn't pay me this. And now it's like I, I, we're going to see some fans return. I mean, I don't know how long it lasts. I really don't. And then, look, sure, there's going to be Brogdon coming back. 
Levert coming back, you know, there's going to be more mouths to feed over here. Mm -hmm. But what we're seeing right now has been a positive refresher, seeing guys like Kiefer Sykes get the call up and produce, seeing Lance come back and not just for like a, you know, like a, like a charity case of like, Hey, you know, whatever he's back. It's like, no, this man has like fresh legs. He looks great out there. And it, it just reminds you exactly why you're a fan because when things are going good, Man, Pacer basketball is some of the best things out there to watch. If you would have told me two weeks ago that the Pacers won a game against the Utah Jazz with a closing, with a closing lineup of Lance Stevenson, Kiefer Sykes, Dwayne yeah. Washington Jr., Justin Holliday, and DeMontis Sabonis, I would have laughed in your face. I said, yep. I said, what happened? You know, even without Gobert, like the fact they still had Conley, Bogdanovich, they, they had Mitchell. Rudy Gay, Donovan Mitchell, obviously, Jordan Clarkson. I mean, they had – a good amount of their, their normal key players, and those players were rested, like Rick Carlisle mentioned. They they slept in their beds uh, in Indianapolis on uh, Friday night because they didn't play in the game against Toronto, so they, they had plenty of rest. So, you know, I just it's just funny, man, and I, I've really enjoyed what we've seen from these young guys, and, you know, now Chris Duarte came back, and he's going to have to shake some of that rest off from being out with COVID, and, of course, you know, Jeremy Lamb was back, and, uh, you know, Jeremy Lamb was even getting hyped on the bench. I think we all saw that picture. Uh, it reminded us a little bit about when Lance was in front of the uh, in front of the, the home bench. I don't know if you remember that uh, that uh, picture where Oladipo was in the suit and he's just smiling real big, right, <laughs> with a water jug in his hand. It was just like one of those classic pictures where the bench was getting hyped. I mean, Jeremy Lamb had the biggest smile on his face after uh, that no look pass to Sabonis that he had in the fourth quarter yep. there, but. Um, anyway, I could ramble about how exciting that game was and just how excited I am now to watch Pacers again, Fachi. I just – Quinn Buckner said it right. Lance brought the fun back. He really did. It's evident no one can deny it, and we needed it because things were going south, and they were going south fast. So to even get a win here, one win, is it going to turn the season around? No. But in a time like this when the pace, when fans turn to the Pacers for – Three hours of just trying to, you know, distance yourself from everything going on in real life. It's fun, again, to turn on the Pacers and watch what's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, despite the win-loss record, Foch, I mean, they only won one game this last week. Exactly. It was just fun to watch something different. It was fun not to watch the same old stagnant, boring offense, same old, same old with the same guys. I just gives you something else to root for. But today we're going to do things a little bit different for the Mailbag Monday. Usually we – break these up into two different episodes and we re release them back to back just so they're not super long, but we've got about 22 questions and we're going to go ahead and do about half those questions on today's episode. And then we're going to come back uh, tomorrow and we're going to finish the rest of the questions and talk a little bit about that Celtics Pacers game. So let's take a quick break, Foch. And when we come back, we will kick off the first half of our mailbag. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, so we've got our mailbag started off right now. We're going to start off with a text message I got from faithful listener Landry Houck. Shout out to Landry and Clay listening to this uh, episode right here. But first question from them. They said, do you think Kevin Pritchard's decision to sign Lance Stevenson is to distract the fan base from the underlying issue, which is that this team is not built well? Does it get him off the hook, so to say, and relieve the pressure he's had uh, he has on him to make a move? At first, I felt like the Lance signing was a distraction just to please the fan base for a little bit, get some more butts and seats. You know, we needed bodies on this team. Lance was available, so why not? But by no means should this get the front office and Pritchard off the hook because, look, this Pacers team could still truly finish with a horrendous record. Guys like Kiefer Sykes, it's been a nice surprise, but, like, this team, they don't fit each other, so there's still a lot of work that needs to be done. I don't think that the Lance signing gets the front office off the hook. Yeah, I think what it really came down to was what did they have to lose at this point? They had so many guys yeah. in COVID protocols, right? Eight players were out with COVID protocols, so you definitely had to get players to, to fill your roster. And and who better than Lance Stevenson to try to, you know, give you that jolt of energy that you need? And I, I think Lance has exceeded expectations by a million. I don't think anybody expected this type of performance. Like, back-to-back career nights for him like that's just that's a bizarre thing um he even looked decent on the road even though it was a little bit of a, a small sample size of what we got to see there looks like the leash was shorter and lance even said hey you know i'm starting to know my teammates now i've learned the plays, so i feel a lot better now but you know before that he didn't know the plays he was just trying to get a, a acclimated with who was even on his team the only guys he knew were demonte sabonis and miles turner so i understand that and i i think with kp like sure it might have been a distraction for a couple of days, he probably thought, okay, this might get some butts in the seats and get fans excited again. And, uh, you know, with Lance playing well, I think he was right in that, hey, okay, we tried this experiment, it worked out, now we'll probably sign him to the rest of the season. I know Mark Stein reported that it's expected to happen. It's not official yet. But, um, yeah, I don't think it gets him off the hook, though, because if you look at this month in a couple of weeks, if we've lost, you know, eight of our last ten, fans are still going to be like, hey, you know, we're still losing games. so." We got to change something. Absolutely. I mean, look, like it, it is what it is. It's been a great surprise, but I don't think we can just expect that Lance is going to save our season. It's been fun and it's been awesome. Sign the man for the rest of the year, but there's still issues to solve here. Yeah, for sure. Let's move on. Our next question comes from Destin Adams. He said, is there any other former Pacers or even guys who have ties to the state of Indiana that you think the Pacers should think about using a 10-day on if needed this year? 
I, I thought about it for a little bit. I typed in a couple names, but look, I have no interest in Monte Ellis. I've uh, been there, done that on Tyreek Evans. What? No, thank you. I'm good. And we don't need, like, Yogi Ferrell. I know he's out there. I know he went to IU. Like, look, I, I don't think that there's anyone out there with ties to Indiana that's truly worth signing right now. What about DJ White? Not a lot of interest, to be honest. <laughs> I'm just kidding, no. Yeah. I'm just kidding. Uh, when it comes to guys from Indiana, like, I can't even really think of former Pacers. Like, maybe C.J. Miles, like, you know, like, okay, what would he really do? I'm, I'm thinking in terms of, like, who would really energize the fan base. I mean, I can't even think of it. I think Calvert Chaney throwing on a jersey, uh, you know, would be the most enticing uh, for, for Pacer fans. Maybe Danny Granger if he came out of retirement. Uh, I mean, but, yeah, of course. Yeah, like, but, I mean, <laughs> nobody yeah. really uh, that you should consider here for this 10-day. The only person that I have deep in my heart that I would like to see maybe get a chance again is A.J. Price, my favorite third-string always, You've always had a soft spot for A.J. Yeah, but I, I'm not in the mood to go and look at Joe Young. Sorry, I just I, – I, Either am I. I'm going to be honest. I'm not. I'm not. He, for, I know – He's put up big, big numbers overseas. I know he just came back to the G League, but, like, come on. They're, they're, they're digging, like, 100 players down the line. They're not looking at Joe Young. Like, been there, done that. I'm ready to move past. Yeah, the rumors are interested in him. Only player that I would be considered, like, I'd look at from that era from, like, what was it, like, the 2014 to 2018 era right yeah. there. Uh, give me Rakeem Christmas just because I love seeing a guy with the – Christmas on the back of his jersey with number 25. I mean, you can't go wrong with that. But um, let's move on to our next question. This comes from BS Express. He said, one of the biggest things I've seen is how much people are focusing on the positives after going one and sixth in the last seven games. Reality needs to set in. Domas has played great basketball, but it hasn't related to wins. How do you justify keeping him as our starting five and trading Turner? I mean, look, yeah, you mentioned one and six over the last seven. I don't think that's a Sabonis issue. We haven't had Brogdon, Levert, Duarte, McConnell, or TJ Warren for the most part during that span. Uh, that are crunched from numbers. Look, the early sample size for January, Sabonis is averaging 30 points per game, 10 rebounds, 6 assists on 73% shooting, and he's 7 of 11 from 3. He's coming off of a career game, 42 points, 18 of 22 shooting like we mentioned. Turner isn't even consistently playing in the fourth quarter, so – I don't think that it's not a big man's league anymore. Look at Jokic, reigning MVP. The Nuggets are one game above 500. A big man can't do it alone anymore. So I don't think this is like something where we got to be like, look, if Sabonis is putting up these numbers, we can't win. He's got to go. What, what what have the Lakers done recently when LeBron's been putting up these huge numbers? Nothing. They've been struggling. Look, it's a it's a it's a it's a team sport, okay? And I get so kind of tired of people acting like, oh, well, one guy's playing great, but uh, you know, the team's not winning, so it's clearly his fault. It's like, no, maybe do you think if some other guys stepped up and played good next to him that the team would actually win some games? Um, you know, Miles Turner to me. I've been very open on this podcast. I'm a Sabonis guy. I think the Pacers should keep Sabonis over Miles Turner. The reason I'm justifying that is because DeMontis Sabonis is a better player. I mean, that's just the bottom line. Uh, he's, a, he's a more consistent player. Miles is a better rim protector. I get it. And Quinn Buckner can talk till he's blue in the face every time Turner leaves the floor and tell you 
watch the other team go to the basket. I actually counted after he had said it 15,000 times over the weekend. Uh, as soon as as soon as soon Turner came back in for Sabonis, Jordan Clarkson went to the rim three or four times and got to the free throw line and made a layup on two back-to-back plays. So it, it's not just that the teams are afraid to attack the rim when Miles is in there. No, they're still doing it. I mean, clearly he is a great rim protector. I'm not trying to say that he's not, but I'm also saying, look, the Pacers aren't trying to tank games. No matter what they're anybody not. says, they're not trying to lose games. Rick Carlisle is not coaching to lose. That's why we've been in so many freaking close games and we still have a positive net rating, even being 10 games under 500. He's not trying to lose games. So the reason that Turner's not playing late in games, I can't answer that for you. I don't have a clue. I think there's times where he could play and times where he shouldn't play because if a team's going small, you have to make that decision. But ultimately, I will just say the best way to put it is you have a really nice thing here in DeMontis Sabonis. He's a great, like we've said, nobody on this team is a star or a no. superstar. They're all B-level players. He is a great B-level player. He needs more B-level players next to him or an even A-level player. I don't consider Miles Turner on the same level as DeMontis Sabonis in terms of overall talent. That's just how I feel about him. Um, you know. But I think Turner also could eventually get to that same level if he's given a bigger opportunity somewhere else i just don't see it here in indiana so it's um you know i'm not trying to beat around the bush we got 30 days until the trade deadline right Fudge? so yep bottom line for me i just feel like when it comes to those two we've seen it more consistently over the past three years sabonis this team is significantly better when 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 he is you know playing at a high level yeah it's how it is and like i know that that like Fans have been split on this for a long time. Like, Miles has his diehard fans. I feel like Sabonis has some diehard fans, but I feel like there's also more people that just, like, kind of just look at the game and they just see it. Okay, like, look, Sabonis is getting these these triple doubles. It's not just the triple doubles, but it's like Sabonis is a really good passing big man. He's a great screener. I mean, he he can he can score in the post. He's getting better at his shot. It's, it's obvious that, look, if you're going to put them up against each other – Sabonis is better. I mean, Miles, from a rim protecting standpoint, there's, there's no doubt about it. I mean, no doubt. He's absolutely elite at that, but there's many other aspects of the game that's important. And I, I just feel like, I don't know. If, if you're going with one of them right now, I feel like Miles is going to have more suitors. You're more likely to make a trade. If you want to stay competitive right now, you keep Sabonis and you trade some of the other guys like Lavert or Turner and you, you, you go on from there. Yeah, I mean, I would even be open to trading Brogdon if you could trade him, right? But if we could. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. If you could, you can't. And, and honestly, like, I, it, when it comes to Sabonis, like, if there's a deal out there that makes sense, then then do it. Do it. Exactly. But, but at the same time, I just feel like, for me personally, I probably don't value Miles as much as the the biggest Miles Turner fan does or just even an average Miles Turner fan, right? I, I might not value him in terms of what he's worth as much as some others, but I just I just look around the league and the landscape and what it's been reported on the last couple of years. Look, Miles Turner has been in trade talks. You hardly ever hear Sabonis in trade talks. You only hear Kevin O'Connor talk about or or Matt Moore one time saying, oh, Sabonis wants out of Indiana. Nobody else has ever said that. Nobody. Nope. You know, so everything else has always been speculated around Miles Turner. The trade th- talks around him. Uh, he talks about it himself, how he's in trade rumors all the time. And the fact that he came out to the media and said he wanted a bigger role and, you know, try to, you know, we've talked about it so much. I'm just tired of talking about it, but he did. He he came out publicly about his frustrations and that's kind of what started this whole rebuild, retank stuff or rebuild uh, tank stuff. So it's just like, 
you know what? Sabonis has been pretty quiet. He's just a guy that goes to work, and all you hear is Sabonis praises praises teammates. Never talks bad about anybody. Never, you know, talks about how he should be getting this more and getting that more. It's always about we love that player. They're great. They're good for us. You know. So, um, anything else you want to add before we move on, Fudge? Last thing I want to say right over there. I don't yeah. know how much of the truth is it, but I did hear that there was a, a report that Timberwolves. We're calling about Miles Turner. I don't know to the extent of it, but there was a guy who was at least, you know, heavily you know, v- verified on Twitter who covers the Timberwolves. I yeah. forgot his name right now. But we've heard the Timberwolves had interest in Turner before. It's nothing new. Teams will continue to call. Like you mentioned, we're about a month out from the trade deadline. So let's continue to monitor that. But I, I also feel like there's a lot of teams that do value Turner more than the Pacers do. And, you know, rightfully so. He's a very good player. Yeah, the person you're talking about is Darren Wolfson on Twitter at D Wolfson KSTP. Um, yeah, I believe that was him. Yeah, he's a verified account. He's got 49,000 followers, and he's been covering a lot of Minnesota stuff. So, no, it does not surprise me whatsoever because even when J. Michael was here reporting that stuff, we knew that it was possible. So let's move on to our next question here from Matthew Peck. He said, obviously Lance's homecoming was one for the ages. With that in mind for my question um, – you have to exclude this game. What has been your favorite all-time regular season game and why? I mean, I'm biased. I might be going with Jermaine dropping 55 against the Bucks. <laughs> Feels like about a century ago, but, you know, I was just an absolute madman of a fan back then. I want to say it was like 2005 or so. Um, Oladipo's game winner against Boston. That was a yeah. lot of fun. It's that like one awesome. of the more recent ones. Then some of the other Pacer great moments have honestly been playoff moments. Like, you know, Reggie's game winners against, like, the Bulls or the Knicks or, or you know, Paul George going off against the Heat or Bojan's awesome game against the Cavs, game three. You know, there's just been a lot of, like, great playoff stuff. But for regular season, those two come to mind for me. Yeah, so I would say recent ones. I mean, last year, go back to that New Orleans game. That was so that much That was a fun. lot of fun. A lot of fun. Yeah, Victor showed us some flashes, and Miles Turner had a big game-tying three. I mean, it was – it was a fantastic game. I think other games, obviously, the Danny Granger game winner against the yep. Phoenix Suns was really awesome. Uh, he had one against the Knicks as well. There was also that game where Danny busted his teeth on the floor the, the first Celtics. game of the season against the Celtics. Um, you got the, uh, what was it, like 19 made shots in a row in the third quarter before Josh McRoberts. Against the Nuggets, I think. Yes. Yep. That was a fantastic, fun little game there. I would honestly say, for me, the Lance return against Toronto. That was awesome. Jeff Teague was just jumping out of his, you know, jumping out of the gym like a smile came out of Jeff Teague's face. We hadn't seen Jeff Teague smile for 76 games, but Lance Stevenson (laughs) at home got Jeff Teague smiling. He got DeRozan and P.J. Tucker in his face and, you know, Lance making a layup after they're up like 10 points. Like, oh, man, that was just so much fun. I mean, there's a lot of games where I think we can just, like, try to go back and jog our memory, but there's been a lot of fun ones. You know, I think Paul George had some big games to Oladipo as well. So, uh, yeah, I mean, there's been a lot of regular season moments that have been a lot of fun, but um, uh, don't forget last year, Sabonis had the game winner against the Celtics too. So that was a fun one as well, but let's move on to our next question. This comes from Chris Weech. Lance looks like he's staying, which we all love, but I now believe this means the Pacers will go back to their norm of win mode. Are you guys happy with the potential outcome, or would you still prefer a top eight pick? Thanks. I'm happy that Lance is staying. I know they haven't made that quite official yet, but they will. Um, so that that part's great. But it does feel like with his, you know, with his 
above expectations of play um, that the Pacers are still going to, you know, try to win games. We talked about it. They never stopped trying, but I feel like he makes the team better. Now we're getting Levert and Brogdon back. Supposed to get TJ Warren back, you know, hopefully next month. I know we have other questions, so we'll touch on that later. But I still want that top five to eight pick so bad, so mm-hmm. bad. So that's where my, my like, you know, my goals are. And I, and I hope that doesn't change. Yeah, interesting tidbit, though. If you guys weren't able to listen to the last podcast I did with our friend Rich from Mavis Draft, um, he came on the last segment of our last podcast, and he talked about how this draft really, after the top four, it's not that great of a class. So, Classic. So it's kind of that situation where a lot of people are, like, looking at this year's talent, and while there's, you know, starter-level talent, there's not a lot of star talent, and that's what the Pacers really need. So, honestly, I don't really know how much Lance really impacts you know, what our overall win-loss status is because once you get everybody healthy, Lance is going to have more of a minimal role, in my opinion. I'm not sure where he'll fit in exactly, but I know he's going to get some playing time, especially the way Rick Carlisle has talked about him and the fact that they're going the fact that they wave uh, Keelan Martin to, to open up a roster spot to bring him on. Obviously, you know, they think at least something of value of him, right? So he's going to be able to impact them, but I don't necessarily think this team – is just going to start going on a winning streak. They they still are outmatched in terms of talent. This whole schedule coming up here for the most part in January. So it's going to be a gauntlet. If they're able to go like 500 over the next 10 games, then maybe you could talk yourself into them going on a run here. But I just don't see it. And uh, just this past weekend, uh, the Pacers had a scout watching TCU versus Baylor. Mavs draft put this out, and uh, the guy they were looking at was top 10 projected pick, Kendall Brown, six foot eight forward. Uh, he's averaging 11.6 points per game, shooting 45.5% from three, Fachi. Um, and these are just like the quick attributes on him extremely athletic, good length, quick at getting off the floor, versatile defender, and a secondary ball handler. That sounds like somebody the Pacers could use more than uh, trying to get into a playing game. Very true. Very true. And uh, I mean, look, anytime you get in that top five to 10, you're picking a guy that could really change the, the future of your team. And that's what this team needs right now. A change for the overall outlook moving forward. Absolutely. Well, let's take one more break, Fox. When we come back, we will continue to answer these questions for our mailbag. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, everybody, we're back. Our next question is from DJ Davis at DJ Davis Law. He said, any idea on T- when TJ Warren will be playing again? With Lance bringing energy and spark, what do the Pacers still need to be a real contender? Who still gets traded and why? So I read a report today from Indy Star that's basically saying that TJ Warren is still, quote, weeks away. So it's the same type <laughs> Not of report. Months. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Same type of report we've been reading. He said he, he continues to you know ramp up activity. I know he's coming off COVID, so a little bit of a setback, but nothing that was going to delay him getting on the court. So um, weeks away feels like a return in February. I'm going to say that it's probably not you know going to be the end of January, but you know you never know. Um, the Pacers need a real wing to become a contender. They need a healthy Warren. I'd say no more double bigs, a deeper bench. Well, we need a lot. So uh, becoming a contender doesn't feel like something that's going to happen this year. 
I feel confident that Levert probably gets traded. He, to me, seems like the most likely. Then I feel like I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, if the bigs do break up around the deadline, if Miles potentially gets traded. But Levert, to me, feels like the most likely to be on the move. Yeah, so just real quick, the Pacers tweeted this out today. I'm sure you already saw, but if you have not, uh, this is from Carlisle. He talked to the media today after practice. He said, TJ Warren got a recent scan and has been cleared to increase activities even more. It's very good news. It's still weeks away if things continue to progress as they have been. So I would say probably not till after the trade deadline if I'm a betting man, right? I, I don't think they're rushing him back, especially with how this season has gone. So it just makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah, I mean, with Lance, you know, bringing energy and spark, this Pacers team, they still need more three-point shooting, and they and they still need better perimeter defense. I mean, we can talk about, you know, garden wings and garden bigger guys, and I agree with all that. But, I, I, I mean, even watching this team, like Dwayne Washington Jr., as much as he likes to put the ball up and he can shoot the ball and be a lethal weapon sometimes when he's shooting from three, this man plays zero defense on the perimeter. I mean, I know he mm-hmm. – uh, is working at it. He's a young man, so I'm not trying to get on too much. But uh, him, Brogdon, Jeremy Lamb, I mean, a lot of our wing defenders are constantly out of position and get beat a lot. So I think that's where we really need to you know, look at is getting some lockdown defenders to go along with this roster. But, um, yeah, I still think your trade candidates are the same no matter if Lance is here or not. You're looking at Lamb. You're looking at Torrey Craig. You're looking at Miles Turner. You're looking at Karis LeVert. Maybe Goga Batadze. Uh, not like super sure about that because he's not really playing anyway, but those are the type of moves that I see happening. Real quick, I saw Goga uploaded some old highlights of his um, playing in Europe. Uh, well, maybe he think, said Mech. Do you think there's anything, to, you know, maybe look into of him just kind of missing, you know, really being on the court making plays? Or do you think he was maybe just showing off a nice block that he had in the past? I think it's a little bit of both. I, I, I think Goga misses playing basketball. I mean, I if think you're, so. I mean, if you go back and read Goga's story, like the man was like growing up on the streets, right? For one point of his life. Like, I mean, he was really out there hustling and bustling, just trying to survive. And, uh, you know, it was a really cool story. And I, I think Goga is a guy that he's, he's one of the guys we've talked about that has the most like dog in him. Because mm-hmm. he's got a little chip on his shoulder when he plays, he gets irritated. He don't back down from anybody. I mean, why would you? You're seven foot tall. You think you belong in the NBA, and you're trying to prove yourself, right? So it's just I feel bad for Goga. It really, I just continue to get frustrated with how the Pacers just wasted that pick on him, not only for the team but for himself. Because if Goga goes somewhere else, I think there's a good possibility he's a consistent role player as a so. as a backup center, just because he would have gotten opportunity. But um. Uh, yeah, but let's move on. This comes from Jason. He said, is keeping Lance and getting T.J. Warren back count as retooling the roster to Herb Simon, or am I just nervous we won't make any trades? Unfortunately, I do feel like getting Lance, him playing well, the the, the way the play of, of Kiefer Sykes being well, and getting Warren back probably would constitute as retooling. However, I feel like the final piece in Herb Simon's eyes is basically dealing Lamb for literally anything and saying yes. We've retooled. We've also saved money in the process, you know, but it's like, no, that to me, that's not a real retooling. Like there are moves that have to happen, but in the front office's eyes, I mean, if fans are returning and they're continuing to pay money and the team looks a little bit better, I would hope that doesn't satisfy them. 
Yeah, no, it, it shouldn't. I, I think if you're looking at this, there's still plenty of flaws on the roster. Uh, Lance Stevenson can't mask all of them, especially since he can't play at home for 82 games, right? Uh, you know, Lance at home is a different story than Lance on the road. Big time. We'll have to see those road uh, road home splits, but I think uh, Stat Muse had him, and it was just like so crazy how different the, the splits were with Lance on the road compared to at home. I mean, you're talking like 500 and something different. Like that's how massive it was. So um, Lance at home is a cheat code almost, Fachi. It really is. But uh, let's move on to our next question. This is more of a joke. Um, it, it comes from VNZLA81. They said, can the Indiana Pacers just trade Miles Turner for a bag of Cheetos? That's my question. Um, we're just going to move on, and, and we read your question, so hopefully you got a laugh out of that if you don't like uh, Miles Turner. So uh, this comes from at Hugh Pacers, a good friend, Aaron M. He said, based on how Carlisle has played Miles sparingly in the fourth quarter recently, does that tell us he's likely the one on the move at the deadline? I don't want to look into it too much because even to start the year, there was that span where Turner wasn't always playing in the, in the fourth quarter, like the first couple games of the season. So. Um, Found it weird because Carlisle praised Turner a ton before the year. Uh, my gut does tell me this is the year they break up the double bigs, but with the play of Sabonis, you know, and how poor this, this team has been, I, I just don't feel confident that Sabonis is going to be the one traded. So, you know, if, if you wanted to give me a, who who has the odds more likely that they're being traded, I, I would say Turner. But at the same point, wouldn't surprise me if neither bigs are, are traded this year. Yeah, so BS Express actually replied to this comment and said, I would bet the opposite. They are using Domas to shine to get other teams interested. Trade him at the peak for max value. You don't sit a guy to trade him. Okay, I do agree with that part. You don't sit a guy to trade him. If you're trying to trade somebody, especially a guy that's a starter, you don't want to put him on the bench in the fourth quarter where he could, you know, shine, right? But maybe if you're afraid he will crumble in the fourth quarter, you don't want him to see them, uh, other teams to see that either. But I'm just kidding on that last part mostly. But what I will say is what I said earlier. <laughs> Rick Carlisle's not coaching to lose games. Stop with the nonsense. It's so annoying. It's like we as fans want to lose games. We as the fan base are like, yes, let's get a top pick. Rick Carlisle's thinking they paid me $7.25 million to get this team past the first round of the playoffs. I know we're 11 games under 500. He's not in tank mode. That's not how it works. Rick Carlisle is coaching his butt off, trying to get these players and this team back where they need to go. And the players are working their butts off. They're not trying to lose games. They're competitive. The season is still very long. I think the Miami Heat at one point, like we're like 13 and like, what was it that one year, Facha? They went like 13 and like 29 or like 11 and 30 or something like that. Then the second half of the season, they went 30 and 11 and ended up with like a, you know, like a 500 record or whatever it was. It was something spectacular. And I'm not saying the Pacers are going to do that, but, but that's the goal. The goal is still to win. So, you know, when it comes to this, I don't think he's sitting him out for any specific reason. It's just Sabonis has been playing much better as of late. I think that there's times where they could have put Turner in the game. But more importantly, Carlisle said at the last two games, the Nets and the Jazz went smaller, trying to spread them out. So because they went smaller, the Pacers went smaller, and they decided to go offense with Sabonis over playing Turner for the defense. So that is why I don't think they've played the double bigs as much is strictly because of the matchup. Yeah, I mean, honestly, that, that that's how it goes. I mean, there's been things that have dictated that decision. It's it, just who no one can be in the mind of Rick Carlisle at times. Yeah. It definitely feels like Turner should be on the court 
for sure. But, you know, you, you leave it up to Rick and the coaching staff. And I don't think that they're doing that to improve his trade stock by any means. Or, or, or diminish it, right? I just, it doesn't, exactly. I don't think yeah. anything, Rick Carlisle coaching has nothing to do with the trade stock of the team. I mean, think what you want, but that's just where I'm at with it. But anyway, we got two more questions here for today's episode. These are two questions from Tim Manzella. He said, how much better would the Pacers record be right now if Kiefer Sykes and Lance Stevenson had been part of the team from the start of the season instead of Wanamaker and Lamb in the rotation, for example? Now, look, you can only, like, guess, kind of imagine, you know. But if Sykes and Lance had been part of the rotation from the start over Brad Wanamaker and Lynn, you got to imagine that's good for – I don't it could be, what, two wins? I don't know, just to be safe. I mean, think about this. You don't want to give those guys too much credit, but the Patriots are, like, one in ten in games decided by four points or less. So we're talking about a play here or there. So, I mean, if Lance looks anything like he's looked the last two games where he's literally averaging like 23 points per game, um, then, yeah, I mean, it, it could be at least two wins. Yeah, I was going to say four to five. Um, it very well could be. Really just because I think if Lance was here from the get-go, that energy would have been there for some of the games we lost early on when we went one and six. I think there's a good possibility that we win a game or two with Lance at home just him going off one night. I think on the road, you know, some of the Wanamaker minutes were so bad, especially when we had a lot of injuries. I think Kiefer Sykes could have been more impactful in those games as well. So that's why I say one to five, but, you know, um, or four to five, excuse me, but I'm not, I'm not so like, you know, like, oh, like, you know, that's, that's over-exaggerating. I don't think it is, but at the end of the day, it's just, I think we're in a good spot where we're at now because we are in that top five range for a pick and it put a little bit more pressure on the front office to look at this roster and say, hey, we got to make some changes. And, you know, that happened with them bringing in Lance Stevenson in the beginning. You know, Sachs was a guy that was always a, a thought, right, because he was even at training camp. So there was obviously thought, like, hey, maybe we could bring him on here as a part of the 15-man rotation. But Lance was an afterthought, let's just be honest. Lance was a, oh, we got to change things up. Our team's that bad. Maybe we'll try giving this guy a call again. And the 31-year-old guard who – means so much of this franchise has just completely changed the interest level from from zero to semi-interested. Absolutely. Hey, I hope it lasts longer because it has been fun. But, yeah, I mean, make no mistake about it. It's got to be worth a few wins because yeah. you've talked about it, the energy level. It, the team looked like at so many different times, the fourth quarter comes, there's just it looked like there was no heart. No hustle, no no true energy there. And with Lance, it's contagious. Bro, did you see the the putback that Keeper Sacks had? Oh last my night? god, yeah. Oh, Bro, yeah. he looked like he was part of the Pacers power pack team jumping off Literally. the trampoline. That man was, I flying. was I couldn't believe it. I said, What? Keeper Sykes getting up that high? And if he was closer, he would have dunked that bad boy. Yeah. So yep. uh, you know, then they then they pan to his mom and she's just dancing in the crowd. And I'm just Amazing. like I love this man. This is such a great story. So keeper Sykes, I mean. He, he's been balling, Flash. I mean, even last night, he didn't he have a lot of attempts, but I love what we've been hearing from the reporting. It's just like he's kind of been a floor general. He's out there telling people what to do, encouraging guys. I mean, that's what you want from a point guard. That's what you want from a leader. Like, he's 28 years old, first games in the NBA this week, and he's out there leading because, you know, just some guys are just natural-born leaders. It's not something just because you're a great player, you're a great leader. No, Sykes is just – a great leader overall. I'm, I'm really excited for him. But um, our last question here 
He said, we all know there are some long-term issues with how this team has been constructed, but what role do short-term mistakes play that have nothing to do with Turbonis? I mean, that's a really hard, hard kind of question to answer. I mean, short-term mistakes overall for the team is like, look, there was like a bunch of key loose balls or rebounds that they didn't get in games that might have been the difference. Defensive laps, giving up those – you couldn't just like well, – you couldn't get a stop. But it's hard to just pin that down because – or just pin it on the bigs because as a team, uh, so many players are guilty of it. So when you have a record of 1-10 in close games, you know, by four points or less – that comes down to being a player two away. So those small mistakes are holding the Pacers back from where they could truly be in the hunt for the playoffs, or at least definitely in that playing game area. Yeah, I, I've talked about it a little bit earlier. The perimeter defense is something that is not Turbonus related. It's it's wing related, and I think that's something they need to work on. I think a big question for this team is who's going to be the consistent shooter that they need because Chris Duarte has – was a great story to begin the season, right, Fosh? Like, I mean, he was just on yep. fire. But as the season prolonged, he started shooting much worse percentage from three-point line. Same with Justin Holiday. They've been really inconsistent and really streaky. And I think that's part of it, too. Just like these guys are getting open looks. They're just not hitting anything. So that's that's part of it. I think the other thing is Karis Levert can be a bit of a ball stopper at times. You know, we've seen that Karras has played better over the last couple of weeks before he went out with COVID, um, or he's in health and safety protocol, so we'll see how long he's out when he can return. But, you know, prior to him going off the, the few games there, there was just times where, you know, he wasn't he, – he, re, he rejects screens a lot from Sabonis. He's not getting into the teeth of the defense like he should be and just different things that he could be doing better. And sometimes he can just hold the ball too long and not make the right pass where – you know, we're, we're seeing it from Sykes and, and, and Dwayne Washington and Lance. You know, Dwayne is more of a shooter, right? But especially with Kiefer and Lance, you're seeing them just pass the ball and get the ball moving and getting it to the right open spot and trusting your teammates to score where sometimes Karras just does what he wants and doesn't always seem to hit the, hit the open man, hit the right man that should be getting the shot. So um, I think those are some areas for me anyway that are non – big related and I think are some areas this team could be better at. Yeah. I mean, definitely there's, there's a lot of little things that go a long way. So, you know, like we mentioned there, it can't just all the blame can't fall on the big. So, you know, you named a couple of places where you know the blame can be put. Right. No, exactly. So I just want to give a quick shout out to our man, Samuel, Zachary Barnett, Anthony Childress, Kevin Chaney, uh, Fester 35, that guy, Seaman, and D-Ray X, uh, DX Ray X, uh, we did not get to your questions today, but those will be answered tomorrow. So if you listen to this podcast and you're like, oh, my question didn't get answered, don't worry. We have them here. We're going to answer them tomorrow. But with this podcast length, we didn't want to take up too much time. So I uh, wanted to get this up and ready for you guys on Monday. So um, Fachi, that wraps up our mailbag part one today and our Lance DeMontis Savona, Utah Jazz recap. Any thoughts before we uh, before we get to our rundown of where people can find us out on social media? No, I would just say, look, the schedule ain't getting any easier. But you know what? Uh, what we've seen on the court is we've talked about it. It's been far more enjoyable. So from here, you know what? Let, let's let's ride it out. You never know where it'll take us. I know a lot of us are just kind of out on winning now. We really want that draft pick. But there's, there's a few of us that are just like, man, I just want to see a good product on the court. And whatever happens, happens. The last thing I'll say is I tweeted it out. 
Alex, tell me. They've been resting Malcolm Brogdon for a while now with that Achilles. Are you worried at all? Or is it just a, a benefit of, hey, if we're not really trying to win right now overall, things like resting Brogdon, you know, giving him an extra game or two, why not? So that's a good question. I, I think that um, when it comes to Malcolm Brogdon, like we said, you can't trade him. So it makes zero sense to rush him back. And I think right now the energy you've got from Sykes and from Stevenson, I wouldn't rush to bring him back. Um, I think I'm just taking my time, letting him nurse that injury, and hopefully he can come back healthy and, and be impactful. Because I think, you know, <laughs> Malcolm's not a guy that smiles very much on the court, right? No. I would love to see how he mingles with Lance Stevenson out there on the floor. I think it would be very fun to see if Lance can get a little bit of a uh, little bit of nice. laughs out of Brogdon. Just, like Brogdon, man, just have some fun playing basketball. I know. He's always too serious, you know? Yeah, he just always looks like he's just like – he's just in like chill mode the whole time, right? But and that's a good question. I'm not, I'm not necessarily sure – what they're thinking there. But I, I think right now, same with TJ Warren, there's no reason to rush him back. I agree. I, I think that they're just riding it out. They're going to listen to offers. They're going to probably make some trades. If they don't, I would be 100% shocked. I would be more shocked than the Colts were today if they lost to Jacksonville if the Pacers don't make any moves by the deadline. I mean, that's just that's where I'm at with this team. So, um, But, you know, Fachi, we haven't really hit on it too much, but um, we are really getting close to our goal here of, of reaching our 175 ratings and reviews. And I haven't brought it up too much on the podcast, but we're keeping track of it. If you haven't already, please take some time out of your day. Go to Apple Podcasts. If you don't have an iPhone, you can still go to the website um, on your phone and or on your computer and give us a five-star rating on Apple uh, Podcasts there as well. So really would encourage you guys to give us a five-star rating and review. It really does us a lot and helps us grow this podcast if you enjoy what you're listening to. But Fachi, where can people find us at on social media? So you can find us on Twitter at SettingThePace3. You can find Alex on Twitter at AlexGoldenNBA. I can be found on Twitter at underscore F-A-C-C-I. You can find us on Instagram at PacersTalk. You can find us on Facebook at SettingThePace. You can find us on TikTok. It's setting the pace. And if you're excited that Lance Stevenson is more than likely going to finish out this season in a Pacers uniform, then say these three words. Let's go Pacers! This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.